All right, welcome back. This week's episode, we're going to talk about the games that happened uh, this past weekend. Um, well, I guess we had all the, uh, yeah, we had the Elite Eight and the uh, Sweet 16 games. Um, and now we have a Final Four set. Uh, it's definitely a different <laughs> Final Four than previous years, but I think it'll still be exciting. I, I like the teams that are in it. Oh, yeah, it should be fun games. It's just we may end up with our weakest champion ever possibly or like are we well, i mean there's like a yukon seven seed so like only yeah yeah we could beat that but like definitely it's it's definitely the weakest final four i've ever seen yeah that yeah at least definitely the weakest one i've been paying attention for and that yukon team I, that yukon team i they went on a really solid run in the tournament this it was, yeah, they had, like i mean i don't know if the seven seed was the kemba year or if the seven seed was the shabazz napier but either way those guys took over in the tournament yeah, if 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 FEU or San Diego State somehow win the championship, I I feel pretty comfortable saying they're possibly the weakest championship team of like at least the last twenty years. When yeah, and in, in terms not in terms of seeding, but in terms of like long long shot odds, probably going into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Anyway, we can uh, just start off with one of the uh, best college basketball games of the entire tournament, I guess. Yeah, the first game on Thursday was Kansas State versus Michigan State. And we've been all over Kansas State. Um, well, we were all over Kansas State. No longer, no longer riding with them because they uh, got eliminated. But we'll talk about that. But yeah, this game was crazy. I mean, Marquise Noel is the player of the tournament. If he's not the best player, like, but he's he's at least the most exciting player. Yeah, he he has put himself on like the national stage. I think in a way that no other player did. Just I mean. If you didn't have a favorite college basketball player coming into the tournament, Marquise Noel is your favorite college basketball player now. Yeah, and he, he represents the short kings of the world. Like he, he's like what five, eight, five, somewhere five, five ten, like somewhere in between there. He's less than five eight. Like at least I think his basketball reference was like he's five eight five seven. He is a he's a short short dude. Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of curious to see if he can like get a shot in the NBA. Like, like obviously Isaiah Thomas did it, but like I don't like Isaiah Thomas has to be perfect health to do it. Like. Yeah, and Isaiah Thomas may have been—he was so fast. I like that may have been what kept Isaiah Thomas viable. And I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. It's—it's it's not insane to me that no one gets Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas was like incredible around the rim. So like, Marquise Noel, like you could kind of tell like if there was just a guy around the rim, it was tough for him to score. But I mean, the man is an unbelievable passer. I mean, 19 assists—that broke a record. That was the record for the most assists in a tournament game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he has he had twenty six assists. He had nineteen of them. Like he put scored twenty points himself. He, he accounted for almost like over half the team points just like individually that game. Yeah, I mean he's just like exactly like when people talk about like oh you need a guard to be successful in the tournament. He's exactly what we're talking about. Like he passes well, he handles it well. Like you don't expect a turnover. He did have some shots where he just like jacked up a three, um, but like he he just was unbelievable. And he's also just. I feel like I didn't see him miss a free throw all tournament. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was clutch as you needed him to be. Like, I mean, besides the, the late game three point shooting, but like it didn't really. I guess it, it kind of hurt them at the end of the tournament, like their last game. But like, for the most part, yeah, Michigan State might have forced overtime because of some of ill advised shots that he had. But yeah. Um, yeah, but otherwise, this team, I don't know. Like it's a shame they went out that early, like or not that early. They made the elite eight, but like. I just I did love how well built it for the tournament. Like we're talking all about Noel, but like Keontae Johnson was all like as a second offensive option. Yeah, like that he was he was he was like had some down games because he really is just a scorer. So if he's not he plays good defense too, but if he's not scoring, then he's not doing a ton to contribute. 
but he just was a great number two for that team too. This team, I I love watching this team play basketball this year. Yeah, yeah. So this game, I'm looking through it right now on in terms of uh, 538's excitement index, where they're just like based on how many lead changes and stuff like that. Uh, it was the second highest behind that Memphis FAU game that ended with five seconds left. Fair enough, I guess. I I think just in terms of it being on the Elite Eight rather than the first round. Made this yeah, exactly. Fun. I mean, and and it had like a record-breaking performance, and um, and we also and, Mar- and we also had money on <laughs> Kansas State. True, true. But Marquise Well also just makes any game more exciting. Like, there's no one on FAU or Memphis who is anywhere near the level of excitement of Marquise Noel or anyone really in the tournament. Like, he just uh, like a whole other stratosphere excitement yeah no absolutely agree with that um but yeah no it was crazy i had i had i bumped the lineups i think michigan state was favored in this so we were we had we both had money line kansas state i did an alternate line for kansas state at four and a half and i was like oh this isn't hitting then it went to overtime i was like oh okay it hit and then it was too close of a game michigan state was like down three like trying to shoot a three to tie it and I was like, all right, well, it's over. And then Marquise Noel just put up a layup with time expiring just for no reason to get me the cover on that alternate line. So I love Marquise Noel. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we're focused on Kansas State, but this was a solid run for Michigan State too. I mean, they showed pretty good guard play. Uh, I like they, defend, they defended like really well for the most part in the tournament. Like I think I, I was not super high on the Michigan State team all year, but like at the end of the tournament, like, it's hard to deny that they were the, maybe the best team in the Big Ten if, like yeah they were they really they really impressed yeah i mean and they shut down uh tyler kolik on marquette in their previous game um and yeah i mean people were like they won they beat marquette and the people were like crowning them the championship of that region like i like i all i feel like all the media guys were talking about oh like michigan state's back but no kansas state was team of destiny this michigan state team was a little bit thin like it was i think they got Izzo got a lot out of this team. I don't. I don't know if this was like anywhere. No, it was not. It was nowhere near the most talented Michigan State team he's had. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he got them this far in the tournament was just a testament to how great of a coach, to, like maybe, possibly the probably the best coach in college basketball at this point. Tom Izzo is just incredible. I agree. I agree. And I mean, it was the last Big Ten team alive. Last like, uh, I think yeah, it was like the last possible blue blood so media was definitely back on but kansas state um they beat kentucky and michigan state in games where they're a higher seed but were unfavored or sorry lower seed technically um but and they were unfavored but so good for them um and but we can move on to the next game that we'll talk very briefly about uconn arkansas and one of our buddies was like, "Yeah, I don't believe in UConn. I, I think he has to believe in UConn now. They are humbling everybody. Seriously, yeah. By the time I was so focused on the Michigan State Kansas State game, though, but like I may have caught a few plays, Snogo just kind of beasting on Arkansas a little bit. But like besides that, by the time the the game, Michigan State Kansas State game was over, this game was also over, even if it was still technically on. Yeah, this game ended before <laughs> technically ended before not technically, but like was basically over before the other game was over." Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, UConn is just a testament of how good the team they are. They had that horrible stretch, but they've completely turned everything around. Uh, yep, and- number one team now, but with like a bullet too. Like they're way ahead of like Houston, UCLA. Houston probably like those teams. Well, UCLA hasn't really slipped at all. Houston slipped a decent amount because of their big loss to Miami. Um, 
but Alabama slipped a decent amount too, uh, because like because of the San Diego State loss. But like QCon has like ratcheted themselves up the up the rankings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because they've been beating everyone by double digits. Yeah, exactly. They still haven't. I, don't, I still don't don't know if they played a single digit game against a non conference opponent. So, yeah, no, I think I think that's a confirmed stat. Undefeated outside conference play, and I think it may be all about ten points or more. Yeah, no, they were insane, and like, yeah, they just. I mean, the big a testament to the Big East. The only thing that could do any damage against UConn. So. Yeah, and the Big East had a solid tournament run too. We saw Creighton get eliminated. We'll talk about that. Uh, like Xavier got eliminated this round too. But I think this was the Big East kind of showed up as the second best conference uh, this year. I think. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, technically more successful than a. Uh, True. Big Fair. Ball. At least at the yeah the top end honestly yeah they like they they do have a pretty they do have a solid argument for the best conference so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's not. There's not too much more to discuss there. So let's move on to the next game. FAU Tennessee was just. A, a very Tennessee game, and Tennessee let it slip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the time of basketball Tennessee loves to play. Uh, both teams scored less than sixty-five points. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't like they're like Tennessee probably could have won this game. It's, I don't think it was outside of question. Like definitely was outside of question. But they were they got into other rock fights. FAU managed to hold up defensively, um, uh, and they they managed to win the rock fight, which is what yeah, the risk like, Tennessee by they having these a games. Three minute period where they didn't score and. Yeah, they just the Tennessee like this is kind of yeah. You, there was a there was a point where the offense was going to kind of stop without Zakai Ziegler, and so the game had happened. And I mean FAU just has I feel like every single one of their games they've come back from some sort of deficit and won. Um, but yeah, I mean it was the most exciting game. I was I was definitely tuned in to the other game uh, when this one was going on. But uh, Tennessee played a little dirty again. Uh, Lovzik, he just like checked that guy. I, you saw that play, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that was that. Was, I mean, not hilarious because he really that was not even basketball play in any sense. But it was like it was one of the most bladed. Like I think he only got flagrant one on that too, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. He definitely he definitely set a record for most plays that should have been a higher flagrant than or or a flagrant like compared to what it was actually called in the tournament. Yeah. I don't know how many plays I've seen before where I'm like, God, that is, that really like that weren't called flagrant two is that a hundred that should have, but he really, he he literally just like smacked the guy with his elbow, like there was no, it was no real box out, like he was just turning it into the guy and hitting him, like yeah, he didn't even contest the shot, he was so focused on checking this guy who had been dominating him. <laughs> yeah, he just point. walked over him while the guy who like he was like, I think you, I think technically you could argue he was getting ready to box him out. But his plan to get ready to box him out was basically just like elbow him across the face, I think. So yeah, no, he he leaned into it. It wasn't even like a putting his like body in the light. It was just no. He he just smacked him. That was his entire play. There was just bad. Like he's he's a you know he he may not be the most popular player after the tournament run, but he plays hard. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if, I, he plays hard, but I just don't know if he can play basketball. That's the problem. He only played seventeen minutes and wasn't even in foul trouble. <laughs> He's made himself very well known, like all season. Like he's very noticeable, even though he doesn't actually play much for them. Like I, for some reason in my head, I thought he was a far more important player until this tournament run. And then I'm just like, wait, this guy is like barely on the court. Like he's, he's yeah. like their eight man. Yeah, no, he's just a big guy who just like screws around with your with your center and makes it makes it a tough day. I mean, just ask Filipowski. Like that guy did not enjoy playing against him. No, he's made himself a lot of enemies, but he's graduated, I think. So you know he'll. He'll go to some European league or something, maybe. Yeah. Hey, he has a eligibility, actually. Oh, he does? <laughs> oh, God. 
now that you're not rooting for Tennessee. I don't like Tennessee. Uh, they're not as I, I just have never rooted for them since uh, Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams left. It's they're probably not. I think they're losing a decent amount of players next year. Like they got they have they're still a very senior heavy team. They, there's going to be no reason to hate them next year. They're not going to be very good. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Tennessee always finds a way to be up there though, so I'm never gonna count them out. Rick Barnes is a good regular season coach, even if he has not been a great tournament coach. Yep. All right, moving on to the next one, the last one of Thursday night. Uh, crazy game. Like Seriously. two, both teams did at part at points did not want to win this game. Gonzaga, UCLA. Gonzaga ended up on top, and that was kind of just the end of my any bracket I had going. Um, it was just the last advantage I had was UCLA over Gonzaga. Because a lot of people pick Gonzaga, but so I guess testament to them. But yeah, I mean UCLA was up thirteen at halftime. And just collapsed. They they forgot how to shoot. Yeah, I mean they still scored fine. I think like the, the, it was ended up only being a three point game. I like. Well, I mean they scored they scored fine because they scored like thirteen points in the last minute of basketball. True, that's fair. And they were missing their starting set, like their six ten starting center. Like he was out, or he should start for them. Regardless, their their biggest player was out. Um, and then they just got absolutely roasted alive by Timmy. I think not having enough size to throw at Timmy was incredibly detrimental to them this game. Uh, Adam Bono was didn't play. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously Jalen Clark. They just too many yeah. guys missing, so then they like, like, um, they just they didn't have like playable guys. So they were pl- the guys that they that were playable were just exhausted by the second half. Like Hawkes and Tiger Campbell, you could just tell they were tired and like, like weren't on their like a game. Um, and at UCLA like they like. They want like kind of go deep, but like they just don't have any guys that like they'd rather take like a tired Hawkes over just anybody else on their bench. So it was kind of like they were just holding on, and then they got <laughs> that last burst of energy. They scored, uh, what is it? Yeah, ten points in the last minute. It's crazy. Like Gonzaga, yeah. Gonzaga won like ten points, and then UCLA clawed all the way back to take the lead, and then obviously Strother hit that bullshit shot from like the logo. <laughs> On the uh, Villanova Villanova play, that was a wild shot to take at the, the yeah the, the, yeah like it definitely UCLA made it was this it was a great run from UCLA despite the injuries they fought through like not obviously Jalen Clark was the biggest one, yeah. uh, but like the fact that they still managed to get this far play competitively with a, a fairly solid Gonzaga team, um they they were put themselves in a position to win like they could have they still could have made like a Final Four Elite Eight run we yeah. even without uh even without uh god Dylan clark yeah and then the, yeah they just, they just picked up too many injuries along the way and um but amari bailey looked really good this tournament given that i don't i think he's probably going to the draft he's yeah. seen these guys who was destined to be a one and done 100 mm-hmm. yeah it's a little bit of a shame this probably this may be the best ucla team we have for a bit uh they're moving to the big 10 next year so they'll obviously be cursed um but i this ucla team really I, I, it's like it really is just such a shame because they really could have been a, such a solid championship contender if things hadn't broken so poorly for them in the last like month of basketball. Yeah, yeah, no, it was kind of crazy because like they just they were like coasting and like not playing anyone and like we weren't giving them any credit. Like we thought they were a good team, we weren't giving them ranking credit, and then they finally like looked good and then lost everyone. So, yeah, yeah, oh well, that's yeah, um, just traveled all over them and scored a lot of points. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's a, it's a, obviously YouTube may prefer to go out on this game than the next one because this would have a pretty this would have been a pretty solid way to end his college basketball career. 
You think, uh, you think Timmy in his next game is very conscious of all those videos of him traveling? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I think Timmy plays it. I think he's because I think there was still some problems pretty solid. There was a, there were a couple travels even in that uh, UConn game. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. Ugh. I mean, I would have loved the UCLA. I just like rooting so much more than Gonzaga. Like I, I don't like rooting for Gonzaga at all. I love rooting for the UCLA team. They needed their revenge after what Jalen Suggs did to them like three or four years ago. Yeah, they they they've developed a little bit of rivalry, which is kind of fun. Like I don't know when the next time we'll get a UConn or a UCLA Gonzaga game, but the, they 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 like over the last couple of years they've had some pretty damn exciting basketball in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to uh, Friday's games. Yep, sounds good. Starting off, uh, I didn't think this was possible, but Alabama lost to San Diego State seventy-one to sixty-four. Yeah, Brendan Miller may have lost himself some money. Um... In the torrent run he was uh, i think i saw a stat of like people who were eligible like based on how many field goal attempts he was the least efficient person in tournament history really i didn't realize it was that bad i mean no, i don't think he had did he have any good games i don't think he i don't think he has single good performance he didn't score in the first game he had like a groin injury but like i'm not going to give him like any credit when you're literally the like he what three for 19 and then one for 10 from three yeah, I guess he put 19 on Maryland, so that's a solid enough performance. But besides that, yeah, zero points against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi on five shots. He didn't play a ton of minutes that game. And then the San Diego State game really was the kicker. Like, that that's just six turnovers, 19 shots, nine points. Um, I don't – like, there's just no – he got 11 rebounds, I guess. Like, I don't know. It was just not, not – <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean – I guess the San Diego State, like, really – they really did match up well for that. Like, I, I kind of underestimated it. Like, they play – they don't – like, they're not one of those teams that, like, sits back and, like, dares you to shoot threes. Like, they'll come at you, like, outside the three-point line. And then they have – um, what's his name? Mensa, who's, like, a great shot blocker. I mean, how many blocks did he have that game? I think he I had five. Yeah, he had five. And then Alabama is one of those teams that – uh, is like really analytical. Like NATO does not let them shoot mid range. So they literally, San Diego State took out like the two things that like the two type of shots that Alabama is allowed to shoot. So and, Noah, and he, Noah Justin was made by NATO and that's why they lost. He, yeah, even if he did, like he tried, yeah, he tried to, like the rim protection was so good. Even if he did pull back three point shooting and tell him to get to the rim, like they were, it was just, they were having a ton of trouble scoring there. And they shot 11% from three. So I don't think this is like a sign this Alabama team was like horrible or anything. It's just 11% from three. That, you, you can't play defense good enough to make, make that that low percentage. Like that's that's what San Diego State – I mean, they they definitely do make it. They I bet if you look at it, they kind of curious what they're – At least these, I think. Like I don't think it's lower than like 25% from three. So they're like a point three-point percentage. Yeah, I'm pulling up San Diego State. I got it. Their opponents shot 28% from three this year. What does that um, mean? That's third in the that's third in the con uh, the country. So like they're yeah one of the best defensive like perimeter defending teams in the country, yes. but still eleven percent is just ab like, if they shot twenty eight percent they would have won that game, um, but still like that San Diego State defensive performance was really impressive regardless. Like I I don't like I'm not trying to take away from them, but I don't I don't think this necessarily like is like oh god this Alabama team is just complete fraud or anything. No, I don't think they were fraudulent. I think San Diego State was just like a – like looking back on it, obviously, like hindsight's twenty twenty, But uh, 
Yeah, I completely forgot that Alabama is one of those teams that is just like anti mid range. So, yeah, in a single elimination tournament, it may hurt your consistency more. Like, so it may be it may be harder. Yeah, like even the Rockets had trouble with that at like the NBA level. Yeah, like exactly. You can't like it'll it, like not shooting mid range helps you over the long run, but like long run does not matter when it's single elimination. You need to have like a brute force way to score, like regardless of the situation. Give yourself like a legit like th- this is gonna work forty five percent of the time. Like there's a three point shooting, you're just not guaranteed that level of success with. And they like normally, yeah, normally you could get to the rim, but uh, the the Mountain West defensive player of the year was down there, and he he showed that he was one of the better defenders in the country, not just the Mountain West. Yeah, no, he had a he had himself a game. But yeah, so if that didn't, if the UCLA game didn't get me out of my brackets this completely ended my brackets alabama yeah one of the champions i had for one of my pools this and the next game really really ended my bracket so yeah no it looked like alabama was without was out and houston was gonna be the last one and might have a shot but miami had other thoughts about that and completely ran away in the second half yeah absolutely absolutely killed them uh yeah do you want to just get get into that game now i think we i think we've done enough with the alabama yeah 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 no one can stop Miami is the answer. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, and Miami has proven it by going against what the number five, like even even with their losses, the fifth defensive on Ken Palm and the thirteenth defensive on Ken Palm, and still was just absolutely unstoppable this weekend. Yeah, no, Nigel Pack had twenty six points on twelve shots. Like that's just incredible. Like especially against yeah this Houston team that just like puts really good pressure on your guards. Um, everybody was scoring. Wong had twenty on eleven shots. Um, and Omier had another good rebounding game, 13 boards, and Houston was incredibly inefficient against a Miami team that could give two shits about defense. Yeah, Houston didn't seem to want to, like, force the issue either. They just they took a lot of threes this game. I guess so did Miami, but, you know, it worked. Miami's offense was just, like, they, it didn't really matter what they were doing. They, they could score from anywhere. Uh, Houston did not want to, like, force the issue, like, actually attack, like, a pretty small uh, – questionably defensive Miami team like the 75 points is it nothing but like I like and so it would have been like probably hard to like really push that much harder like it's not like like against any college basketball team there's a certain yeah I mean they were, they were inefficient like they shot 37 percent and 29 from three yeah yeah I just it like I don't like the Miami show that they just can't be stopped really but Houston was not really trying to force the issue on the other end um but just, I don't know. Like, there's just no, there's just no doubt that Miami offense at this point. Yeah, yeah. The Houston run ends, and that uh officially left it with no one seeds left. That's never happened going into the Elite Eight round with no one seeds. Um, and yeah, I mean the Houston team just looks so good, but Shed and Sasser just had meh games, and so did Walker. Like, they just no one really took over. Like, there was. Walker at 16, Mark had 14, Shed at 15, Sasser at 14. Hmm. But, yeah, Wong and Pack really just had themselves games. Yeah, I think this was a more this, – this Miami performance was more impressive to me than the San Diego State performance just in terms of – like it just really – they looked like the better team than Houston for most of the time. Just like their offense was just so much better run than Houston's was. Yep, yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to probably one of the more – well, I guess these next two games weren't as interesting. Um, Creighton mm-hmm. finally ended Princeton's Cinderella run, uh, 86-75. And to be fair, Princeton never really went away. Like, they were still kind of around 
like midway through the, the second half, it definitely was going to be a, a, a long shot for them to win. But it was close throughout the entire first half. I'll give uh, Princeton that. Yeah, they even led at times. Like they, I think this like for most of the game, this Princeton team looked pretty impressive. Um, but you know, it was it was always going to be hard for a 15 seed to keep it going. Like they were a solid 15 seed, but uh, they just they're... they're definitely one of the better 15 seeds. I feel like recently, I feel like some teams like are kind of like just luck into it. Like I think this Princeton team would probably beat last year's St. Mary's team. Or sorry, Saint... not St. Mary's. Yeah. Team. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I think this. Yeah, I I do think this. This Princeton team we mentioned already last week was all a little bit underseeded, and they, uh, and I think they kind of showed that today. They like they played, they didn't look just completely outclassed by Creighton in any way, um, but they they were outclassed like generally. They just they weren't they didn't look like just like a like a sad like they didn't look like a low major who had somehow just like lucked their way into this with good three point shooting or anything. Yeah, yeah, Creighton, Creighton, uh, they played pretty well. Shireman had five threes made. He looked like just one of those guys in the tournament who just. Anytime he comes around a screen, you feel like he's going to hit a three. Um, and then Kalkbrenner had, yeah, 22 on 12 shots. So Princeton wasn't able to be as defensive as much as uh, they were in the first two games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all run by them. Can't be, can't be upset about this as a Princeton, as, as Princeton basketball. Yep. And then the last game of the, the Sweet 16, uh, Texas beat Xavier 83 to 71. And I feel like that score doesn't give credit to how much Texas dominated in this game. Yeah, I barely saw this game. I was watching Princeton Creighton, and by the time that was over, I was just like, eh, uh, this, this, there's just no chance for Xavier at this point. Yeah, no, uh, it was just the Texas defense. Obviously, they allowed 71 points, but, like, it just feels like they swarm and, like, they are just – they had a really good game, and um, they just got good – production from everybody but obviously the very important thing about this game that led into the next game was that Desu got injured in the first couple minutes of the game yeah that was that was unfortunate for their next game uh definitely like he's he was a big part of like their defense of this year i think um and it didn't really matter here but it definitely i actually don't know how much it would have mattered I, i'm not convinced that any, like any, i i don't know i like he's, he's definitely the best guy to put up against uh Amir, uh in terms of like rebounding and in, in the post um, yeah, Texas, think of, uh, Texas doesn't really have a big man. Yeah, I mean he's he's easily their biggest guy too. Like he's six nine. They have Christian Bishop, um, but he was like like he's six seven. He's like more of a forward. Like this was really the only like big man on the roster. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Xavier. Like they definitely didn't feel like a team that was gonna go too far, but they had an impressive tournament. I'd say. I oh guess. yeah. I- I, yeah, I was talking trash about them at the beginning. I thought they'd lose to Iowa State. Like I, I, I but they, I mean, they really they showed up this tournament. Right? I can't can't be upset about how they played without one of their best players. Yeah, no, and they. Uh, to be fair, they played a fourteen and an eleven, so they never didn't beat a uh, single digit seed. But they looked good in their games. Well, I guess the Kennesaw State game was pretty close throughout. Yeah, I guess they really just killed Pittsburgh, who I was like kind of surprised. I mean, it's, the issue with picking Iowa State to go as far as I did was Iowa State's another like Tennessee style team. Where really, they they are they're not necessarily playing the most like consistent brand of basketball either. Yeah, how much are you gonna get for like how many games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One team hits their threes against you, and you're kind of fucked because you're trying to win by like five points every day. So, yeah. All right, should we move on to the uh, Elite Eight? 
Yep, sounds sounds good. So the first game uh, was FAU Kansas State. That was another exhilarating game from Kansas State. Uh, <laughs> Kansas State really all season has just been playing these tight, tight basketball games. I mean, they went to like what five overtimes in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, they were four and one of those overtimes too. So like, yeah, four and one. Or did they go five and zero? Oh? I thought they lost one of their overtime games. Maybe I'm going. Maybe I, I can I can pull it up while we talk about this game. Um, and this was really like I, I feel like this team was built to win close games. So I was kind of surprised that they weren't able to pull it off against FAU. Um, but FAU's defense like was actually pretty darn impressive. Like a 79-76 game isn't exactly like super low scoring, but FAU was able to like pull it up defensively far better than I thought. And Kansas State's defense, which was like supposed to be like by Ken Pond at least was their selling point. Hasn't been, wasn't super impressive this tournament run, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you're playing a five, eight, five, seven guy, like so, so many minutes, you're definitely going to have some lapses on defense. He's actually like pretty good, like, at like getting steal. So he's not the worst defender, but matchup wise, he definitely can uh, leads for some runs. But yeah, I mean, the FAU team, Shut down Kansas State for, let's see, it was from the 839 mark to the 8, uh, I don't know what it was. It was like four minutes or so where they scored like two points. So FAU was able to climb back in. And, yeah, I mean, this FAU team, have they come back in every single one of their games? Like, I think they may. Like, they definitely did against Memphis, right? They did against the last two games we just talked about. So, and then for fairly, uh, yeah, I mean, FDU was they up led, well, a little more. bit. Like, they they led most of that game, though, right? I thought they – I think they – Nonetheless, they, like, finish incredibly strong compared to any team that, like – like, I feel like them, like, they've just – they put it into another gear. And, yeah. Uh, and you're right. It was 5-0 and in over this year. Yeah. Yeah, but so, I mean, FAU, I mean, it was – they only lost what three games this season, so people definitely looked past them being like small conference, conference USA, uh, nine seed. But in a in a region where there wasn't really a clear clear team, this was definitely like a win, like a possible thing to do. And I didn't even have them making it out of the first round because I liked Memphis. But I mean, this FAU team they just won games all year, and got to give them credit for that. I don't think we. I probably didn't watch enough FAU basketball, but they're kind of they were in a good. They were built for a tournament in a lot of senses. They have like their two main guys, are both like guards who are able to like score in like a variety of ways. They have great rim protection with Golden. Um, yeah, he they, had four, 14 points and thirteen rebounds. Yeah, I, I I just think this like they they hit they hit the three ball well. Like they just they're like a like they just feel like a really well rounded basketball team. Uh, they just weren't playing super strong competition, so I think they got. Because, like, Memphis was, I think, the more po- – I haven't looked at the people's brackets recently, but I think Memphis was the really popular pick even for the first round. I had them losing the second round. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they they just – I think they just got massively underrated. I, I'm excited to see what they can do next year because they're bringing back this entire roster, basically, unless guys start transferring. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely – there might be some someone who can get a Power 5 team to look at them. So they, they could lose uh, someone. But, yeah, no, 66% of people picked Memphis in that matchup. Mm, mm. It's crazy. Yeah, I I hope they can keep it going though. I think this team is fun to watch play basketball with their guards and Golden and uh, like just a general, like they're just like they're like pretty solid in every sense. They play solid defense. They like there's just nothing really. There's no real flaws to this team, real like necessarily. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like crazy to think that like you expect the nine seed to fall off eventually, but I'm still like, I'm still convinced that they could like beat San Diego state and then like, like do something in the final. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, once you're in a single championship game, like I, they definitely could beat San Diego state. Like the spreads two for that. I think that maybe even be a little bit generous to San Diego state at this point. Uh, I, I don't, I think San Diego state should win probably, but uh like they and then they're if they're they but if they win that they're in the finals like anything can happen at that point yeah all right should we move on to the next game on saturday uh yep that was a real banger uconn just playing all bangers in this tournament uconn has not made it interesting to watch them i mean if you are impressed by dominating basketball then sure but but there's only so far that can go like after you're like 30 minutes into watching uconn just like absolutely sun another team like yeah, no, we got we got together with some friends for that game, and it was just, it was it was the wrong game to be watching with friends. Like it was just so uneventful. Yeah, four fouls like way too early, and at that point, UConn had already started pulling away. Yeah, but they've just been dominant like in every sense. They're like sixty-five points with like the Arkansas game was the most points they've given up. Uh, they they've scored over eighty like in every other game besides the St. Mary's game. Like it's just not. They just they they look like they're great at literally everything right now. Like it just, yeah. No, Timmy was the lead scorer for Gonzaga, and he had twelve points on fourteen shots. Like, yeah, shut them down. They shot two for twenty from three point range. I mean, UConn is just playing absurd basketball. It's they're the favorite to win it all now. Um, and but like not only the favorite, they're like the they're the favorite against the field. Like they're. Yeah. Is 125 to win the championship at this point. Yeah, and I, I had some doubts about Hawkins coming into the tournament because he wasn't great in the Big East tournament, but he's been unbelievable. He was six from ten for three point range that game. Uh and I don't know. I mean they just they're on top of everything. They've coached well, they have just good players. They saw I mean saw a big man. I mean Snoga didn't even score efficiently, but he's just a defensive force. Yeah, he's a defensive force. They got a ton of goddamn size around him. Like Snowgoes, their second like biggest like main guy. They're rota- like, like Clinican's not playing as much as he was in the regular season, but like they, yeah. they they're so versatile. They have like they have massive amounts of size. They have great guard play. Like this team just, I don't know. Like this team is just uh, just an absolute force at this point. Yeah. So should we move on to the actually let's. We'll take a quick break here, and then we'll come back, finish off with Sunday, and then talk about the next next uh, round. All right, the first game on Sunday was a pretty intense game. San Diego State, Creighton. Uh, San Diego State beat Creighton by one in a low-scoring affair, 57-56. And, I mean, you can call refs. You can call – I don't know. The, the refs, obviously, like, it was decided by the refs, but it was it was a foul, like – he, he he pushed him he pushed him enough to affect the shot. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, it was it definitely was not the most it was not a fun way to end a game, especially in the elite eight. Um, yeah, but it, it kind of is what it is. Like you get beaten that badly on the last play of the game or second to last play of the game, right? Like technically they threw the ball after that, but um, like you it's it you kind of deserve to either give up the basket or give up the foul. Like it's you 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 screwed up your defense. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they he got beat. He he put a he put an elbow on his hip and that's that's gonna be enough. Like the, the ref had a good angle at it. 
Um, if he didn't even push him, he looked like he left the shot short. Um, yeah, I don't think it was going in regardless. Like, he didn't really impact him enough for to, like, really impact the shot that much, so. Yeah, it's not like one of those shots you're like, all right, well, we wouldn't know because he fouled him so hard. Like, it was pretty It was pretty obvious that it was not a great-looking shot. And, uh, yeah, so San Diego State almost, like, fumbled away a lead. They inbounded the ball, a perfect ball, the, the wrong way, like, towards their back or, like, straight to the Creighton guy to tie it up, so. San Diego State didn't want to win it, and then they got a foul call. So ended up doing it. They obviously had to review the final play to see if there was any time left on the clock, whose ball it was. And then they just called it after. I think they did it on a stopwatch. But I was kind of surprised about that. I mean, I'm obviously just a guy like watching it on TV, but it did seem like Crane should have had at least a chance at like an alley-oop, which like under the basket with like minimal time, an alley-oop's going to be hard to pull off. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I don't even know if it would have been their ball. Like it was pretty like – that's that I could not tell at all. That was that was pure guesswork. Two maybe, guys jumped for it. Blur, maybe that was like, it. They saw they were like, I don't even know who got like who was off. Like if there's if anything, point one seconds, we're gonna call it. <laughs> yeah, if they, there's definitely no reason if it was San Diego State ball with point one seconds left, point two seconds left, there's no reason to force San Diego State to just like kind of chuck it in the air, basically. I guess no someone would have to touch it, but yeah, like they could just like yeah, just roll it down, the- smack it in the air. Yeah, just like make everyone go deep. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, another San Diego State forced another inefficient game. Creighton was two for 17 from three point range. So, I mean, they they just they don't allow it. Like, it's it's tough. Yeah, they defend hard as hell. You can't deny that. They're the, they're the fourth defensive team in Ken Palm at this point. Um, the, the highest ranked defense in the tournament at this point. Uh, although, I go, you, I, you will note that, like, basically all the highest ranked defensive teams made the, uh, made the elite eight or the sweet 16 at least so you know there, there's something to be said for defense um yeah, but they san diego State used their defense to get this far yeah 100 oh yeah 100 and it's been impressive like they've stopped like creighton's like not a, like they were a 22nd ranked offense like they're like like they did the Alabama 20 rank offense they're not doing it just like kind of jokey offensive teams at this point yeah they're definitely physical like not in like the violent nature of tennessee but they're definitely like pounding ball handlers so i guess like that's the only argument that i could kind of see in terms of like the like complaint about the foul at the end of the game that they're like san diego state's like kind of on the crate players like this like a good amount every play so when the last play like creighton's got a little bit of a hand on him so then it's like well san diego state's been doing that all game like i get that but they just they play such physical defense and no team's really figured out how to score. Every team's been below uh, 60 except Alabama, who, I mean, they just played a higher tempo. So it's going to, even if you kind of shut them down, they're going to score. They gonna... go, they'll come down the court and take a shot in like five seconds, even if it's like a slightly open three, basically. Yeah, yeah. So more scoring happens in those games. But, yeah, I mean. Really deep team, too, which I think. I may not. I may have underrated coming into the tournament how important just having depth is. Like, they play a nine, like a legit nine-man rotation. And Creighton plays a, basically a five-man rotation. Like, they had nine guys play, but not really. Um, it, the San Diego State team is able to, like, they 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 count the ball handler. Like, they're not, like, pressing necessarily. Like, you like like some teams, like, will, like, press, like, half the game. Yeah. Uh, I do that for a bit, but I think their guys were just toasted. San Diego State would just pick – they have their guard pick you up at, like, as you inbound it, and they force you to they, – they force you to actually dribble it up the court and take off, like, probably, like, eight to ten seconds just getting the ball across that court. Yeah, no, there were times where I was, like, thinking that Creighton might need to, like, set a pick in the backcourt just to give 
like uh, Nemhard or Alexander some room because they, they just, I, I thought they were going to get like 10 seconds called because they were just slow than that much. Like it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They play, they play an aggressive brand of basketball. They don't have like any like clear, like the, a lot of times like a team goes on a run like this and there's like a player, like you're like, Oh, this guy is like it for them. But like, not, not really with the San Diego state team. Like they just, everyone was like, you would think it would be Matt Bradley, but he didn't even have a good game. No, he, yeah, he got a lot, like, he took a lot of shots, but he, like, he only played 20 minutes too. Like, he, like, it's like, and he, but he was their main, he, he didn't score during the regular season. Like, it's just, I mean, uh, maybe it's just credit to the coach. Like, he, he, he can, like, I feel like some guys are like, oh, my guy's going to figure it out. Like, he's like, I have good guys on this team. Like, this guy's not hitting his shots. Like, I'm not going to worry about sitting him. Like, I got other guys who I know can, who are hitting shots that can pick up for it. Yeah, and it's honestly really impressive that like a a, a true like mid major like this, like Bradley and uh, Ladi are their only like top seventy five recruits, is still able to like. Ladi, an Ohio State recruit. Oh, was he an Ohio State recruit? Yeah, he was on the team our freshman year. Oh, I really forgot about him. Him being there, did he play? Oh, whatever. I don't. I don't. Did he play much he at all? He was behind Caleb Wesson. He didn't get any minutes. Yeah. There. Anyway, point being, like, it's just like the fact that this is such a deep team that like is so like kind of interchangeable with their guys. It's like pretty darn impressive, honestly. Like even Mensa, like, only played twenty minutes the last two games. He's super impactful when he plays. Like he's able to keep his energy up because he only plays twenty minutes. But yeah, um, and it definitely helps because like UCLA, like we're running to the ground because they just didn't have enough guys like healthy. Like San Diego State has plenty of guys they're comfortable putting on the court and mm. giving rest to like the guys they need at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just no real number one guy. Like obviously, like Mensa, Bradley, Ladie are like, like kind of more ish important. But like they just, but they're they're able to pull off the bench and just be perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it it was Lamont Butler this game. Like he had he was the hyper efficient one. Like played he played ended up playing the second most amount of minutes. Like it, yeah, I don't know. This team is it's pretty impressive to watch. They just like cycle through guys and play really hard basketball. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. This is a San Diego State team that we, like, we had ranked because, like, they had really good one numbers all season. They never really had a bunch of quad one wins just because they were playing in the Mountain West. And um, we it was, like, there was definitely some discredit, like, towards them for that. But, I mean, they are putting the Mountain West on their back because outside of them, the Mountain West had a horrible showing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, and like, it, like, yeah, seriously, super embarrassing. Like, yeah, but they they've been super good. I, I, if we don't get end up, end up connect, with Connecticut in the final, I would like to see San Diego State Miami just to see if any team can defend Miami. Um, yeah. but yeah. like, but seriously, like this is just I don't know. This team has been like kind of cool to watch. Like they play a unique brand of basketball. I think it's I think it's fun. Uh, like a fun way to to have like a, a deep run of the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's impressive, and I, I didn't see this at all. I had plenty of bets on Alabama futures because I didn't expect San Diego State to be a team that could – I thought Alabama was going to go to the Elite Eight, like, perfectly easy because I didn't like the four or the five. Like, I thought San Diego State was good. I didn't think they were upset, like, good. And, yeah, I mean, now they're in the Final Four. I don't lose in the first round, so I, I, I can't say I've expected any of this. I thought they were very upsetable with the way they played basketball, but it turns out three-point shooting doesn't really work on them. Yeah, no, they they locked that down. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's move on to the last Elite Eight game and another exhilarating game. Miami just is never out of a game. Like, it's incredible. 
that game, this game was seriously impressive though. Like I thought, like they were down ten, like ten minutes to go, basically. I th- maybe, maybe like a little bit le- more time than that. But when they made, I was at the gym and I like started driving home and I was like, all right, like that's the end for Miami. Like, uh, and then like I was like got back to where it was like they had brought it back and it was like one point game with like four minutes, two minutes left, and I was like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm stopping my car and I'm watching the end of this game. Like I love this Miami team. I want to see this. And Jordan Miller did not miss a shot. Down ten, eight with eight fifty five to go, and then they just stormed back. They they were not they like they scored twenty eight points in the last nine minutes, like just absolutely like incredible offensive performance down the stretch. Um, the thing is, they're not. It's not even that they're just like that. They like just are making shots and like just outpacing teams. They held this Texas team that's been that scored all game to nine points in the last eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Their defense has been more, I don't like they're like still outside the top 100 in Ken Palm defense. And that's like giving up 81 points to Texas. Like that's not exactly a great defensive performance, but when they need to lock in, they have been able to lock in. Like, in this yeah, yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, they obviously like they just have so many guys who can score. Like, that's why I loved them all this year. Like, I I've been saying to you, I was like, don't because you obviously you definitely discredit this Miami team throughout the year. Another team that has made the Final Four that I had losing the first round. So, yeah, because I mean, you you wouldn't even you wouldn't even rank them. You thought they were frauds. Hey, I got them ranked towards the end of the season. I got them maybe in my top twenty even. Yeah, I, I bet you're gonna re. We're, I think we. I might do like a rankings at the end of the season. It's gonna be a I weird one to do. We'll probably do one. We'll probably still have Miami outside of the top twenty. No, 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 no. They'll get. They'll they'll be pushing the top fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you say. Um, because I think they were pretty darn close to the top twenty in the last play I did, and I skipped. Yeah, I went twenty three, and then I skipped a couple weeks down the stretch. So like, yeah, yeah, no, I you were definitely, I was all I was all over the Miami hype train. I just felt like they were perfect. They just had so many guards to go to do, and like they just like in the tournament you just need guards. I mean, UConn kind of is has a couple guards to send them, but Miami is literally guards, and then just one like shorter. But like beast of a rebounder, yeah. That we kind of they kind of fall into like the, the Kansas State where it's just like you got Wong, you got Pack. Like they those weren't even like the star. Like uh, Miller was the star performance in this game, but like but Wong and Pack especially just are so like they offer such a dynamic like offensive like they they, they it's impossible to stop both of them as far as I can tell. Like they really just they make they put so much pressure on the opposing offense. Yeah, and if you have to like put pressure on those two guys, which Texas did, I think Wong only had like two points at halftime. Um, but like when you do that, like Miami, it's not like Kansas State where like once you shut down, if you like kind of shut down uh, Noel and Johnson, like you you just like don't know who's gonna pick it up. Miami has plenty of guys who are happy to take the ball and score. Yeah, and honestly, Jordan Miller is the only senior on this team, so this team could be another one that's like super on the ascent right now. Yeah, I'm curious to see if Isaiah Wong, after his like back to back years of tournament success, maybe he puts his name in the. Uh, in the NBA uh, bubble, but yeah, I haven't heard a ton about that. But with a tournament run like this, there's always some like owner who's like, "Oh, I gotta get that guy on my team." Like he's just he, he just got he knows ball. Like yeah, uh, I mean, it's two years in a row where he's made at least the elite eight. So yeah, I'm just not seeing either. Neither of them are in the top sixty for uh for um ESPN's big board right now. Yeah, they, at seven. Have they like updated it throughout the tournament? I don't think so. So it may that that could be something they need to do. But yeah, Wong at seventy nine, and then uh Jordan Miller at ninety two. 
Um, if you're walking at 79, like after a tournament like this, that's exactly the kind of guy who goes in the second round if he wants to. Yeah. But if Miami has like a disappointing end to this season, which I'm not saying is guaranteed by any means at this point, they could win a championship. Um, if they do have a disappointing end to the season, I could easily see Wong and Pack wanting to come back and make another run at it. Oh, man, just watching this Miami team just kills me because it was down to Miami and Ohio State for uh, Nigel Pack's last two teams when he was doing the transfer portal this year. And man, this Ohio State team could have looked a lot different with Nigel Pack. Yeah, yeah, it was a rebuilding year. You know, we got Bruce Lord to the reps in. Next year, we'll, we'll maybe be okay. Yeah. Ronnie James, bring him, bring him to Ohio State. Yeah, he'll replace. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We should we should be better at least. It's a, it's hard to be worse. Yeah. Uh, that that Ohio State hasn't been relevant for like a month and a half. So like like we'll we'll uh, we can move. Actually, no, that's the last game. You got any? You got anything else on the uh, the? Uh, we mentioned the Sue being out, uh, which was probably not helpful, but like. I don't know if it would have like necessarily like completely flipped it in Texas's favor. Yeah, Omier, uh, Norjet Omier had like he picked up four fouls pretty quickly, so that's when I thought the game was kind of over because I feel like Miami just doesn't have a guy who like picks up those rebounds coming off the bench. Like if if, if they don't have Norshad, like they don't really have anyone else. Like I'm trying to see, he had nine rebounds. Yeah, Poplar had six. He was the next highest, and nobody else had more than three. So. It was it, both teams ended up playing pretty small, but like, like, like it, like that Texas didn't have anyone besides after like, so it really ended up just being kind of a small ball basketball game from that point on. Yeah, and um, it's crazy because like this Miami team that we discussed was like incredibly, like they like shot really efficiently from three last game. Texas wasn't giving them that; they were two for eight. Miami just switched up how they were playing, and they it, it worked. Yeah, and we're talking about Jordan Miller. Like he, he was also thirteen for thirteen on a free throw, seven for seven from the field. Um, just like he, he may not have been like the biggest name coming into the tournament, but he's been huge for them all season. And he was absolutely like he was the difference in this game. Like he, if he played slightly worse, he probably don't win this game. Yeah, one of our buddies had like a, a parlay, a player parlay where he had Wong. Uh, he needed one more point from Wong, but. I mean, Miami was giving Miller those free throws because he was hitting them. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, Texas definitely threw a, a couple extra fouls in there at the end to get him, like, over, like, to 13. But he he got to the line, like, a good amount during the real, like, the like the actual basketball portion of the game, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a real bummer for Texas. Texas has a lot of seniors, so this was kind of it. And then, obviously, like, the coach, like, he came in as, as an interim coach because Chris Beard left uh, the team. And – it would have been kind of cool to see him go on a run, but I love this Miami team. I like I, I like Jim Laranega as a coach. He's just like a just a fun grandpa that like that just coaches basketball. Yeah, uh, another. Uh, but um, the, the Texas head coach got three year extension, so he's fine. And yeah. also because he only played Jabari Serge Jabari Rice like twenty minutes a game during the season. And I swear to God, Serge Jabari Rice may have been the best player on that team. Yeah, better than Marcus Carr, our, our good friend. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a Marcus Carr hater. Serge Jabari Rice was. Like that that man could score from anywhere. The phenomenal shooter. I don't know. I I think Sergio Barry Rice is goddamn like the fact that Sergio Barry Rice was coming off the bench all year, playing twenty five minutes a game. Not even like really like what did he get in this game? Twenty eight minutes. Yeah. Sergio Barry Rice should be playing more than t- goddamn Tyrese Hunter. I swear to like I I hundred percent believe that Sergio Barry Rice was massively underutilized. 
Yeah, and he sh- he like was pulling up from wherever he wanted. Like he hit a deep three, like in this game. Yeah, three for six from three. Sergio Barry, I don't know. I'm I'm a big Sergio Barry Rice believer and a, not a even remotely Tyrese Hunter believer. So, but whatever, you know. It's it's you know I don't think it's the like actually I do think it's the reason they lost. I think if you played if you switched their minutes, I think they would have won. I believe fold that strongly as Sergio Barry Rice. Hunter's one of the better like defenders on the team and like kind of the reason they have one of the best defenses and. Yeah, but Sergio Barry Rice is sick. <laughs> Got twenty eight minutes. He that's 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 a lot. He played a lot. Fine, maybe don't take away Tyrese Hunter's minutes. Maybe just maybe play three guards. Maybe be like Baylor, like just throw it to Sergio Barry Rice. They did. They played the three guards down the stretch. He got twenty eight minutes. Sergio Barry Rice should be thirty five minutes plus every game. I don't know. I think he's he's an old man on that team. He's <laughs> that's also that's all. It's insane. It's not like he's a freshman like Bryce Huntsball, where it's like yeah, you're trying to like make him learn like the proper way to play basketball or something. Yeah. Sergio Barry Rice. Has, is like the veteran presence on that team. Let the man play his last season. Yeah, he's actually he may have another year of eligibility. No, no he doesn't. Grad, he's a grad senior. Oh, he's also a New Mexico State transfer. Yeah, but still, I don't know. I I think. Oh God, I love watching him play basketball though. I just want I just want as much Sergio Barry Rice as possible. Yeah, well, Miami winning that that cashed my uh, first bet I used with my free bets on FanDuel. I had I put Miami to the Final Four because I, I just liked them all season and. Really glad to see him go, and uh, I love this UConn team, but I want Miami to win it all. Should we talk? Should we talk about the uh the final four we have now? We have number nine FAU versus number five San Diego State, number five Miami versus number four UConn. Did you see this coming? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got UConn in my final four. I got I got one team right. Uh, no, I got the other three. Te- two of the other three, I had losing in the first round. The other one I had losing in the second round. So no, I I did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Like, UConn was definitely – I didn't pick them, obviously, but UConn was a team that I absolutely thought was a very high chance. And then Miami was a team I, – I, I actually had them in my impulse bracket. The first one I fell down, I had them in the Final Four. But that was more just like I've been so optimistic about this team and was just kind of hoping and dreaming. But I was trying to find our contenders document. Oh, God. I think we had UConn in our top tier, didn't we? Or at least the second tier? Yeah, we definitely had them in second tier. Um, but yeah, everyone else from that's gone. So um, I can't. I have not been able to find it for some reason. Uh, I got it in a second. Anywho, but that we have ended up with just an absolute absurd tournament. We mentioned earlier on, we this if UConn doesn't win, it's probably the weakest champion at least since the last the, the seven seed UConn team. Uh, maybe like even lower end than that. Um, yeah. I, I like this Miami team probably more. I, I mean, I wasn't paying a ton of attention. I think this Miami team has proven that they're at, a, like, a level higher than that probably. But the – and I don't know. It's, I'm probably being unreasonable. Uh, but regardless, this is just an absolutely insane Final Four. Uh, like, any team could still pull this off at this point, even if it is uh, UConn being, like, literally favorite against the field right now. Um, yeah, it's just that type of tournament where I'm not going to count out a team. Like, because I think – like, I think Miami could definitely compete with UConn. And then, I don't know, like, I feel like Miami isn't, like, cr- like incredible enough that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if FAU and San Diego State could hang around. I think if UConn beats Miami, I'm pretty confident in UConn winning it all. But, I mean, this this year has told us that anything can happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be – I would definitely – bet on the, the, the like i mean obviously like uconn's on that side but like i would bet even if miami comes out of that side that that's the team that's going to win the championship but it's like 
when you're down to two basketball games, like anything could goddamn happen. Um, and yeah, I think we're just going to get some really exciting. I mean, I hope at least it would be a little sad if we end up just getting UConn like winning another two games for like 20 plus. Yeah, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. We had, uh, I'm looking at it now. We had, so we had our favorites contenders, and if things work out perfectly, uh, UConn was the first team we both uh, listed on the contenders, which is the second one. Mm. And I had Miami as in the if things worked out perfectly. So there you go. I'll take I can't, it. I didn't consider them for that. So <laughs> I'm really, I really, this final four is, yeah, this is not something I remotely saw coming. I mean, I don't think anyone, Pick this final four perfectly either. I like, I don't, I don't know. Six people. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wonder, I mean, that wonder. seems so low, but it's just such a strange combination of teams. I mean, I, I honestly would have expected, I like would not have been surprised if you said zero. So, like, it, yeah. It, I don't know. This absolutely just, I don't know. It just was just, it, it's so crazy. Like, we talked all year about how, like, the high, high, high the parody was in this season. Um, and then we filled out pretty, chalk brackets generally uh so like i know like, that's that's the thing that i'm like kicking myself over like we talked about this year it's like the top teams aren't great and then i think we we kind of talked ourselves into like the like i i mean i don't know what you did you didn't have kansas but like we definitely talked ourselves into alabama and houston being like a step above mm-hmm. like I, I i mean i had obviously had miami beating houston in my impulse but then i just i was like oh but it's Houston, like it's the, they're the one seed. They're a really solid one seed. It's just stuck with my gut this year. Had too many, like nobody setting themselves apart. Yeah, it's a, just an absolute crazy season in college basketball, and we're we got it up one of the craziest final fours to show for it. So I mean that just like it was, it's kind of been, it's been a great, great season in college basketball. I'm I'm really excited to see how it ends. Yeah, I mean I feel like people are transferring, so like, they're you're not getting like one team that has like a bench that could like beat the starters of another team. Like people are going to where they're going to be able to play. So like teams kind of are evening out a bit. So you're not getting like just stacked up teams, but so I think that definitely helps a little bit. That's a good point. Yeah. I do think, I still think despite that we will like, this is going to be a high level of parity. Just like, I think eventually we will get like a team at the Baylor level from a couple the Baylor, like Gonzaga level from a couple of years ago, or like the Kansas level from last year. Um, yeah, I definitely think this is an abnormal year. I don't think it'll be repeat, but I don't know. What do you so What do you think about like a final four like this? Do you get excited for a final four like this, or like when, or like last year when it was four blue bloods? What What I mean, what gets you going more? What gets you more excited? I mean, I just there's some matchups I probably wanted to see that I'm a little disappointed we're not going to get. Um, like I've turned around to Miami enough that I'm excited to see them play UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the real our real pet teams playing each other would have been a Tennessee Miami matchup. But like UConn was probably my second. That would have been awesome. Was probably my second pet team. Um, so like it's still fun. It's fun that we're gonna get that. And I've kind of worked myself into like excitement for the FAU San Diego State game also. But like I did, I didn't want to see like I don't know. I wanted to see like Alabama play like I don't even know who was on their side of the bracket. But there was some like I felt like Alabama was just gonna coast into the final. Like Alabama Houston would have been nice to like settle the top seeds or but. Especially if UCLA, Jalen Clark was healthy, I would have liked to see UCLA versus UConn. I would have liked to see, like, whoever won, like, came out of that region, like, play one of, like, the Texas-Houston teams. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think – I overall, I think I have more fun with this than I did with last year's bracket. I, I, I would like last year's Final Four. Uh, I, get, I, I guess. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, it's definitely – we're not going to be seeing 
like the FAU San Diego State game might end to like forty five to forty two, <laughs> which is not not like great for like pitching like oh like you don't watch college basketball that much you got to check out this FAU San Diego State game they'd be like oh is it the middle of the regular season like is this non conference play what's going on uh, like are there any players who are gonna, like also there's the other thing is like besides UConn are there like any and like Jordan Hawkins is like a pretty high ranked uh to like uh like NBA draft pick like. Uh, I think UConn has some other players on their team who are yeah, like even like going draft- the, even like the elite eight. It was just Brandon Miller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, in terms of like really high end recruits, or like try to like uh like or no, Jared Jared Walker I guess was there too. Yeah, true. Uh, right. but, but like yeah, honestly, definitely lot- definitely like some seniors just carrying teams. Yeah, a lot of the best teams. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to probably happen more and more as we see the NIL deals kind of come into play because guys aren't gonna like see the appeal of like going overseas to like i think college basketball is just gonna get better with the nil in terms of like it'll be able to retain its top talent more which is gonna just lead to higher quality basketball generally yeah yeah i mean this year i'm excited for miami uconn and i'm just kind of excited to root for miami because i've been on them all year but the duke unc game last year obviously just the hype around unc knocking coach k out of his last tournament and then i mean kansas and villanova were really good teams as well so yeah, last year definitely it's probably going to be more exciting. There's still a chance that UConn just makes these games incredibly boring for us. Like, they might just kill everyone. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited. I think yeah. it's it's going to be interesting, the UConn-Miami matchup, because when it comes down to, like, like second half, UConn loves to just pull away and go up, like, 20. But, like, Miami loves to, like, once, like, they're down 10, they love to claw, claw back. So curious to see which one outweighs the other. I just don't think UConn can keep doing this to teams. Like, as high as I am on UConn, like, it's just, like, I, even, like, I'm high on UConn, I'm low on Miami-ish at this point. Um, they, they, I just – it seems hard that they're going to keep winning these games by 15-plus. Like, like they, they have, like, super consistently throughout this tournament run. I think Miami will able – like, I think Miami will finally be able to, like, fight their way in. Jim Laranega was another one of the coaches, like, at the top of the list of, like, top tournament coaches I looked at. So, I just don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to roll over and die the way uh, their, their last few opponents have. Yeah. You don't think Mark Fuse top coach for Gonzaga? I think he's really good. I think he's developed a really strong program. Uh, I think he's, like, in terms of tournament results, I think he's pretty average, though. Like, I don't think he's, like – Three more final fours than Laranaga. No, no, 100%. Like, but he's, like – because he's built – he builds way better rosters than Laranaga. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but I don't think Mark View is necessarily. I think he's just like he does all right. Like I don't think he's a bad coach or anything. Like a lot of people seem to think he's like actually a liability to Gonzaga's success at times in terms of like their tournament success. Like they don't think he's like the, a next level coach. I don't think he's stopping them from winning a championship. Like, and I think he's putting them in a position where they can. Um, but I also don't know if he's necessarily like the most adaptable head coach in the world. Uh, uh, Larry Nick have built like a very versatile offense if nothing even if his and his and his players play hard like they they do they 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 play hard no matter what yeah yeah no i'm i think it'll be interesting like i think three of the four teams left have been like the best at just closing out games like miami has like been down or like tied like with like towards the ends of game just stormed away yukon's just like taking their 10-point lead to a 20-point lead, like, in the end of game. FAU's, like, I feel like FAU's come back in every single one of their games. San Diego State, not so much, but, yeah. I mean, I think this is, like, it just makes it so anything can happen. I'm excited. 
Yeah, and it's kind of cool that we're not at a point like I part because of the G League, part because of the European influence. We're not seeing like these teams that are just like you can't like Duke or Kentucky as easily, where you just like bring in a bunch of one and does and fight your way here. Like so a lot of teams do have like some pretty big large transfers that have helped them. Like obviously like Nigel Pack. Uh, yeah. We were just about Sir Jabari Rice. Uh, and I'm sure like I don't know actually FAU and San Diego State may not be huge on that list. Like I don't know if they really. Uh, but regardless, like for the most part, these teams kind of grow together in a way that in like past tournaments it's like you kind of do have like nba mercenaries basically and when four of the top five draft picks according to espn are <laughs> not in the college basketball yeah it's to happen yeah no it's definitely interesting should we make some quick picks before we uh sign off yeah yeah we can uh we can we can pick uh the end of the storm i guess i'm gonna go I'm going Miami over San Diego State. That's what that's what my uh my championship is. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the exact opposite of you just to keep it interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go. You call it over FAU. All right, well, let's let's put some money down on parlays and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I, I think I, I I may have already done that. I I I, I think I I've I think already I made a same parlay. I think my initial parlay was money line. Actually, I don't know what I did. I made money. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I think I'm money line. San Diego State in my parlay and then I have a I put a bonus bet on FAU because I, I think that game's gonna be really competitive. I would not count on uh San Diego State really just like pulling away in that one. Yeah, but yeah, Miami, Miami to beat UConn is definitely the money play just because it's five and a half. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like Miami can keep doing it. They've been making me some good money all tournament. <laughs> Went over to TCU. Sorry, I'm just looking through San Diego State. They actually are like majority transfers besides Lamont Butler. Um but they've been together for a year or two. Yeah, wow, this entire team is transfers. Credit to their head coach for building such a quality roster with a bunch of transfers. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, the transfer portal is just so important now. That's why, you see, like, all the older coaches have just called it quits. Yeah, no, that's pretty That's pretty damn impressive, honestly. Like, the, besides, like it's basically, like, two guys on that roster. Uh, FAU is definitely, like, they're – because they're so young. Like, it's, like they, are, they aren't built off a ton of transfers at this point. Um and then UConn, I think, is also largely uh, uh like they've they've been around for a little bit together, but still, um, and like in Miami, like what is Wong? He's been in Miami for the entire time. Was, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This has been just it's an incredibly interesting time in college basketball between transfer portal and NIL deals. Uh, it allows if you're a, a smart head coach, you can really you can build a franchise up, uh, uh, not like a whatever you want to call it, a program up very quickly. Yeah. Yep, but yeah. So you think winner of Miami UConn is the winner of the tournament? Probably. That seems. I guess that's the one way we're not opposite is that we that we are both picking that side of the bracket to pull it out. Um, it just that seems like the most realistic. Like maybe I'm just maybe I still just have too much power five bias, but yeah, not I guess a Big East and Power Five, but yeah, they're they're Power Six, yeah, yeah, Power Six. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be good, but. Yeah, so we'll, next time we'll recap the uh, – we'll probably do a Tuesday recording so we can talk about the uh, championship game on Monday. And then uh, maybe just kind of recap some uh, – go back to some predictions we had maybe early at the beginning of the season. And, I don't know, maybe look ahead to next year. Obviously, I think – I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do, we can do like a final AP poll maybe next week or something. Do that yeah. quick discussion. And then maybe after – week after that, we'll do what we, maybe we could do one more pod where, where we do a – way too early <laughs> i don't know if we need to do a full top 25 but we try to do like a way too early top 10 for uh, the next season yep i agree 
All right. Well, thank you for listening and enjoy the final four.